Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. For the next three weeks, we are going to be highlighting missions. We typically do that for just two weeks in the month of March and then once per quarter. But I really felt that this year we needed to spend three weeks on the onset of the month of March to really highlight missions. We needed to grab a hold of the heartbeat of Jesus because after all, missions is the heartbeat of God. Amen? Amen. For God so loved the world. Guess what? That's missions. That's mission. So I challenge you and I encourage you over the next three weeks, prayerfully consider, God, what would you have me to do in missions? God, what role can I play in your seats this morning? You have your faith promise card. Our missionary this morning is going to share a little bit of what these are and how that impacts us. But I would encourage you, pray, God, what would you have me to do? Also, as you walked in this morning, you received this wonderful pamphlet of every one of the missionaries that Encounter Church supports. encourage you to take that and pray for those missionaries. Uh, Please do me a favor, don't just take it and throw it in the trash can on the way out, but take it with you, keep it in your Bible, keep it in your car, keep it next to your bed or wherever, and just spend time praying for our missionaries. I'll tell you what, they would greatly appreciate prayer. Some of our missionaries are in dangerous places. In fact, on your paper, it's going to say sensitive area. Why does it say that? Because it's not safe for it to get out where they are. So I want you to pray for safety for our missionaries. Also, this Thursday, you saw the announcement, but at 1 o'clock, we need your help. We are picking up several pallets of supplies that we are going to distribute around our community. Uh, This is an opportunity for us as a church. We do this about every six to eight weeks. It's an opportunity for us to bless our community. We bless the senior center. We bless the schools, the fire department, the police department, the ambulance district. You name it, we're out there blessing them. We need your help. When that truck pulls up, the flatbed truck with all those pallets of supplies, we need your help to to sort and distribute those items. So that's this Thursday at one o'clock. I'll be asking you again here in about a month and a half because we're going to have 16 pallets that time as we are delivering to all the schools. The really cool thing, the schools are calling us Um, They're not able to get snacks from some local areas for map testing, so we are able to supply snacks for the entire Sedalia School District, but also for Smithton and for Lamont School District. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Amen. Yeah. And that's because of our partnership with Rural Compassion and Convoy of Hope. They are uh, such a huge blessing and a help to us, Uh, so I encourage you to come out, help us out this Thursday at one o'clock. Uh, let me introduce myself real quick. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, my wife and I get to hang out with you all. I've been here almost eight years, seven and a half years now, loving what God is doing, loving watching God do the miraculous and reach into hearts and lives of people. Uh, but if you are a guest today, grab that Connect card. Help us to get to know you just a little bit more. We would truly appreciate that uh, more than you will even know. And also those that are watching online, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, thank you for joining us for our missions emphasis as we kick it off this morning. But how many of you are ready to be challenged by our missionary today? 
Amen. Amen. Well, this is your if this is your first missions emphasis, uh, we support all types of missionaries. If you think of missions, oftentimes you think of some uh, missionary in the tribe in the middle of Africa and they're wearing just like a little loincloth and that's all they get while they're on the mission field. But did you know missions is worldwide? Missions is across town. Missions is on the other side of the state. Missions is in the middle of Africa. But for our missionary this morning, he's been a missionary to Belize and to the Caribbean area for 16 years. Isn't that awesome? So he's going to come this morning. We've been friends for a number of those years and just love his heart, love his passion. In fact, uh, about a month and a half ago, we weren't planning on doing three weeks of missions. And I was sitting at a missions rally and he happened to be a couple rows in front of me. And we are planning on starting our missions emphasis next Sunday and just going for two weeks. But as I was sitting in that mission service, God began to speak to my heart. And he said, you need to put a, a larger emphasis on missions this year. In fact, you need to walk up to missionary Terry Castleberry right after this service, and you need to ask him to join you. And in my head, I'm arguing, going, he's already booked. It's a month and a half out. These missionaries are just bugging us on the phone months ahead of time, right? That, that's what you do? Many months ahead of time. You know, so you didn't comment on the bugging part. No. No, it's not a bug at all. We love talking to our missionaries, love praying with them. But I argued, I said, God, it's not going to work because he's already booked. And God said, just ask him. I walked up after the service and I said, are you available? He said, actually, I am. Of course, God knew that. Of course he did. So I am excited. I, uh, we're honored. If you were here in 2017, um, Terry was with us and shared his heart then. But I really felt impressed to have him back this morning. So I encourage you. I challenge you. Open your heart up. Let God speak into your life and challenge you in a real way. Would you put your hands together this morning and welcome my friend, Encounter Church's friend, Terry Castleberry. I gave him a prayer card. Listen, after church, because sometimes when I get started, I don't uh, remember. I have uh, a thousand in the car if I need them, All right, but I have prayer cards. I'll be standing out in the foyer. Please come by and pick up a prayer card and pray for us. Uh, the most important, I've already got your money. As Pastor mentioned, your church already supports me. And so don't, don't tighten up today. I'm going to be a, uh, you already support me. So I say, whoo, we got one. We don't have to spend money on it. And that's fine today. I am here for a different reason. Uh, I want your prayer support. I need that. I tell you, everything is easier when it's bathed in prayer. And whenever you're in the middle of a crazy situation, uh, one night coming up Highway 55 uh, at 72 miles an hour, because it was 70, and I'm sure I was doing 72. But uh, I'm sorry, so it was 1 o'clock in the morning. And so trying to get home before the snow come in and stopped everything, uh, an 18-wheeler pulled out in front of my wife and I. And what had happened was two cars had been, I'm sure, I mean, I'm hypothesizing, he had saw the lights of one car, didn't realize it was two. The other guy passed me real fast and went. After that car passed, he's on the side of the road. He pulled out real slow, and he's just getting going, and he turned on his lights. If he hadn't have turned on his lights, I would have run underneath this truck and died, and we would have just died, and we have been all over. Been sad, but, you know, it have been, I've been in heaven now. Had to jump start on y'all, all right? But, but when he turned on his lights and I had my cruise control on, I, I swerved to the left, 
and my wife is screaming. I'm, one of us is screaming. I mean, Jesus. I, I believe both of us were doing it. Anyway, and, uh, and it happened so fast, I did not even get to touch my brake. And so when I swerved to the left, it was chaos. Do you understand? I mean, like, chaos. We almost hit this thing. And a still, small voice, and I mean that because everything else was crazy, a still, small voice whispered, when you pull your steering wheel back, don't pull it back too hard, or you'll turn this way and flip. And I just eased my steering wheel back a little bit, and we were on two tires, and two tires, and two tires, and one, and one, and one. And I never got to touch the brake. Mind you, at this point, we're speaking in tongues. If you're not baptized the Holy Ghost, you really need it at moments like that, all right? You'll get it quick. You'll be, I might not be the tongues, but you'll be. And we cried and we cried. And so when we got home, we went into the bedroom. My 17-year-old son, going to Mac College then in Farmington, uh, walked in. Babs just went in, laid down in the bed with him. She's like, he said, what's wrong? I said, oh, we almost had a wreck and died. She's thinking you'd have, been, you'd have never known, you know, or eventually you'd have known. But, you know, you'd, it'd have been like, he goes, you okay? He said, yes, okay, I'm going back to sleep. And he just goes back to sleep. <laughs> so, but after we were able to talk, I said, Babs, thousands of people are praying for us. And all of a sudden, not then, but even before then, prayer is so much more important than money. Because when you've got prayer, God sends the money, you know. So pre- please pray for us, and I'll have the cards up back for you, all right. To this morning, we are here as an ambassador of all the missionaries you support and those that you will in the future, all right. Number one, to say thank you. Trust me, I am. you send me money every month or whenever you send it, some sense quarterly, whatever, but you support us. And so I'm here this morning to say thank you and to let you know what that support means to us. And, and so it's quite, it, it, he really laid it on pretty heavy about, you know, the Lord said, go and talk to Terry. Now I've got to, you know, please God this morning. And so that's really something. And so I really hope I'm going to please God more than anybody else. I hope I don't let the Lord down this morning. Uh, just so you know, I've really been in prayer about this. And I've really been praying about this because this is what, this is what keeps us going. If you looked at missions around the world, if you could see it symbolically, you could see a heart for assemblies of God. Okay, let's just talk about us today. For assemblies of God missions, which, mind you, we're a small part. Actually, not too small. We're a big part of missions around the world, all right? But there would be a heart beating, a heart over the United States. And you could see, it's a little graphic, but you could see blood vessels running around the world, touching different countries, all right? And giving those countries life, and that's your missionary there. But the beat of the heart of Assemblies of God missions is faith promises. That is the very center of what motivates and what helps missions get out there. There are a few entities throughout the Assemblies of God that's got a lot of money and they can say, let's just support this completely and it's done. 95% of the giving that is given in Assemblies of God missions that reaches around the world and makes a difference is from individuals like you making small or large, depending, it's, you know, an amount... Is, is relative. It, it's, it's equal sacrifice. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice, all right? And so giving, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit, as we're going to talk about how a faith promise is, listening to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, what do you want me to give 
in this adventure. Now, there's a couple of ways to give, and we'll talk about those in a minute. But it's, that's what it is. It's the bump. And when you hear that bump, bump, that's what, that when you take your pulse or you feel it or you hear a heartbeat, realize this is the bump, bump of Assemblies of God missions, all right? Now, I just, I'm getting into it too quick. First of all, I, I just want to say everything we do is based on the Word of God. Everything we do is because Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's why we go. And then as Jesus told them to go and preach the gospel, he said, look, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You go and wait for just a little while, and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Then you're going to go into all the world to preach the gospel. That's why we're Pentecostal, because we need that extra push to be able to go, the extra push that gives us power over in, the enemies. And whenever we sometimes it comes so easy i'm just telling you sometimes you walk into somebody and you just realize oh this is demonic oppression i don't even i mean i don't even have to pray about the sickness i need to pray against this demon that's just tormenting this family and you just feel it and you just know what to do and when you leave there they're like oh he was so good that wasn't it at all it was just being filled with the holy spirit have my heart clean and right so that god can talk to me and then you're able to go in there and, and you're just a small vessel for a big holy ghost all right and, or i'm sorry i use holy ghost because after all i'm 58 and, and i raised on the king james version and it says holy ghost but you you know what I'm talking about, the Holy Spirit, all right? You're in southern Missouri. I'm not too far separated, even though I was raised in Arkansas. Not too far separated from you, all right? And so when Paul was about to die, he wrote 2 Timothy. Isn't that kind of morbid to just get into his death right, you know? But he was, he was looking over how it went. He, so he's going to write Timothy. As far as we know, canonically, this is the last, or chronologically there, this is the last book that Paul writes, all right? And even in chapter 4, he makes this statement, which we use at every minister's graveside or before the, they go there. They we preach, I have, fought a good, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not unto me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And then he says, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. So if Demas forsook Paul... You know there's going to be some of us sitting here today that you, you need to be prayed up, all right? Because if Paul can have somebody real close to him and they can leave him for this present world, whatever was at Thessalonica pulled him more, we need to make sure our hearts are right with God, all right? But, so let's not leave, leave Demas alone. Uh, Paul was writing his last book, but in chapter 2, and it's kind of neat. This is why you can, you can understand where it's at. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. So 2, 2, 2, all right? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Paul is telling Timothy one of the ways that the gospel will continue. Now, we know that Paul also liked Bible school because in the book of Acts, he was uh, at one school of Tyrannus, the Bible says. Uh, isn't that nice to have your principal known as Tyrannus, which is, you know, we get Tyrannosaurus Rex. Ty so the big guy, the mean guy, but I don't know if he was, he just named that when he was a kid. But at one school, the principal was Tyrannus. And so, uh, and, and we understand that for a little bit over three years, Paul worked as a tent maker in the mornings and then taught in the afternoon. The culture of the Jewish people in that day and time was that their schools happened for their children in the synagogues, happened in the morning, right after they get up, the sun comes up, there's a breakfast that's eaten, then they go to school, they stay till about 12 that day, whenever the heat starts coming on, school is over, they go back home and they work and do stuff. 
uh, in the afternoon during the time, most people take a break during that time, but in the afternoon during that time, Paul started teaching at a Bible school. And the Bible, if you could see a map, you'll see that he is down here in Ephesus, and that during that time they're starting churches all out. And, and Paul is even attributed with uh, different churches that started there, but he never attended them. He never went to them. One of these churches is even mentioned in Revelations when it says that the church at Ephesus, I say this, and he talks that. That church started while Paul was in, in the area of Acts, or pardon me, in, in the chapters of Acts in Ephesus. And so Paul had Bible school. His students went out and started churches. Uh, it was even said in Acts there that the gospel has been preached in this area so that everybody knows about the Lord, so that we know Bible school works. But then there's another thing that's even, uh, to me, even more effective than Bible school that reaches more people, and that's what we see right here in uh, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. The things, he's telling Timothy, the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful. I know King James says men. Other translations, it's very good to say people because without people, men and women, it's, it's, it's everybody, all right? The same commit thou to faithful people who shall be able to teach others also. So the things that you heard of me, and I know I'm holding up a New Testament this morning, but I trust me, I believe in the Old and the New Testament. But the things that you've heard of me, we have those things in our hand. We are some of the luckiest people in the world. I sat with a lunch this past week on Thursday, uh, this past Thursday, yeah, with a Russian missionary who, or pardon me, a Russian person who was telling me that when he was a kid, their church had four copies of the Bible. And that they, whenever they would come on Sunday, you would change and another family would get to take the Bible home. He said, and when we come in from school every day, we would eat our meals real fast. We would sit down and read the Bible out loud to the family, especially those who couldn't read. But we would read the Bible out loud to bedtime. And then we'd go, he said, for the whole week we read the Bible every night. And because we knew that this coming Sunday we would be trading it and not have it again until it rotated around to us. Man, that touched my heart. I mean, that just touched my heart. I mean, here's somebody younger than me that's telling this story, and I'm like, wow, this is cool, you know. I feel so honored to have several copies of the Word of God, all right? And so the things we have, we know it's the Word of God. And we know that when he said go into all the world, we know that's a commandment for us to go. But we also know there's many other things we need to do. He said, the things you've heard me speak uh, in front of many witnesses. God did not have a secret service. I mean, he didn't have a little quiet thing. Hey, listen, we just want to tell the Jews this and not the whole world. No, it was going to be for everybody to know. I know there are churches out there today in, in this area that say, uh, our gospel, it's hidden. It's hidden. you got to come to our church to know the real gospel. And they'll start telling you, come to their church, come to, and you're not even saved. You know, I don't know, y'all got, yeah, I'm not going to pick on too many people because we're live streaming, aren't we, Pastor? Whoa! Glad to remember that. They'll say, they'll say you're not even saved unless you were saved the way I, I was saved. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name in order to be saved. And if, if they catch a new believer, they don't know, that. What, what do I need to, and then it's, ah, it just starts going, and, and they're, they're tre- te- teaching a different gospel. All right, there's other churches out there. The Jehovah's Witness, they say, you can be saved, but you got to work for it. You can't just, you got to work for Jehovah. And they'll tell you real quick, if you work for the man for 40 hours a week, you need to work for Jehovah 40 hours a week. 
You don't have to worry about who's going to cut the grass at a Jehovah's Witness church because everybody's trying to work their way to heaven. They'll get out there and cut the grass. You don't have to worry about who's teaching Sunday school because if you can teach a Sunday school class, then I have to go knock on the doors. People do that before they get to go knock on the doors. But when you can't do nothing else, you've got to go knock on the doors. And if I don't knock on the doors, I can't go to heaven. And they just really tie works with salvation. But Jesus says it is a gift of God. Now, mind you, Christians will work. Christians will work. Christians will support their church. Christians will support missions. But it's not how you get your salvation. It's because you got your salvation, all right? The things that you've heard to me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to other people. We've got to teach. We've got to train. We've got to talk to people. You know, that is the, the, the United States. I'm just going to say this is the most evangelized, least discipled country I know of in the world. Just think about it. We love telling about Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the sensation I got as I was in children's church, had a wonderful time, love your kids. As I walked through here and you were singing, and listen, let me tell you a little something. This is off, off, the, off my notes or anything. But uh, when I come in through there, I love harmony. I love harmony. You'll be surprised how many people just make a joyful noise. All right? How many churches just make a joyful noise? And it's all right. I go to about, when we're itinerating, I attend about 120 different churches in that year's time, all right? But they make a joyful noise. And uh, when I walked through here and I heard harmony, I was like, oh, oh, that feels so good. And I felt the Lord. I stood up here. I just thought, oh, that feels so good. I just, just love it. There's nothing wrong with just being saturated by the presence of God. We should all do that. But if you, and I'm going to talk about fat Christians now, but I'm not talking about this kind of fat. I'm talking about those who just soak in, soak in, and never give out. We can't see that kind of obesity, all right? It's the ones who just want to come and sit and soak it in, but we don't teach nobody. We don't, we're not witnessing to nobody. We're not praying to, for nobody to get saved. Come on. Are you serious? You got everybody in your family is, is saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of you are not even filled with the Holy Spirit. And you don't pray about that because it's good enough as it is, Pastor. I'm not going to mess with it. You need to be ashamed and get the Holy Ghost, all right? I'm sorry, Pastor. I, I'll just, I made three of them mad right now. They'll talk to you later. You just blame it on me. Say, oh, he's, too, he's just too much, you know. But it's the truth. It's the truth. If, if the Holy Spirit is there for us, why not have it? If Jesus says, I will give you power, why not receive it? I'm just telling you, I'm, I know I'm preaching to you this morning, but I preach this everywhere, especially on the foreign mission field, because we, they, they accept salvation easily, but that spooky stuff is tongue-talking. And their mama can do that, or their grandma does that, but not me, Pastor, I don't do that. I went to, we taught, I uh, opened a class out on, on one of the islands, and isn't that wonderful to be able to say you can open a class on an island somewhere, all right? Uh, we opened uh, a Bible school class, an extension class out on, on, on San Pedro, in the city of San Pedro on Ambergris Key, all right? And, uh, and, and I had 17 students, pardon me, I had 19 students, Pastor and his, his mother made 19 and I went out there, and the first one was uh, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, all right? And so it's a book on the Holy Spirit, but we took the text of Acts, all right, to do it. And I asked them, I said, how many of you are saved? And all 19 of them, boy, they just said. And this class was in Spanish. And, said, and, and, and my Spanish is okay conversational, but it's not really good to teach and lecture. But, uh, but all this was happening in Spanish. And I said, and how many of you have the Holy Spirit? And all 19 of them raised their hands. They're just like, oh, I'm so happy to have the Holy Spirit. Bien, bien, gracias a Dios, you know. And I'm like, good, 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 that's wonderful. How many, because I know my people. I knew those people. And, and I said, how many of you 
have spoken in other tongues. And they looked down. The pastor and his mother had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidence speaking in tongues. And I looked at 17 of the students. I said, it's okay, it's okay. I said, you are about to go for a 13-week push of learning about the Holy Spirit. You're going to study three hours a week in class for 13 weeks. The Bible says if you hunger and thirst, he will fill you. So start asking the Lord, even today, to fill you full. I said, I challenge you to fast. That's desayuna, all right? It's because uh, breakfast is the same in Spanish and English. Breakfast and, and fast is in, in the word breakfast, all right? And so I, it's the same word in Spanish, desayuna. And so, and so I said, fast and pray early on and ask God to make you hungry and, and, and see. So telephone's a little different. Belize, you got to pay for every minute you call. So the pastor never calls you. You call the pastor. And so about three weeks after that, I called the pastor. How are things going? Oh, we're getting started. It's really good. So glad you called. A couple of the students are really, really excited. Uh, we've had a couple of them receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, whoa, that's all I asked for, just a couple. I thought, that's good, pastor. That's good. But when I called him back at week six, he's in total different. He goes, you will not believe what has happened. Twelve of the 17 have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, let me tell you what we're doing. He goes, listen, I want to tell you something new that's happening. And I always get crazy when young preachers tell me something new that's happening because I'm like, eh, what are you doing? We don't baptize for the dead anymore. Quit that, quit that. You know, you know a little joke there. This TV camera will get it, all right? And so, and so he said, here's what we're doing. We're having church every night. Now listen, in third world countries, it is not uncommon for them to have church every night. I don't like it. I hate going every night. I'm just going to tell you because they go and they sit there. And, and the one night the kids are in charge of service. The next night the women are in charge of service. The next night the men are in charge of service. And if you miss a night, you're going to hell. And I just think, oh, that's too much legalism. All right. So I talked to the pastor one time who had seven nights a week. And I said, Pastor, why do you have church seven nights a week? Oh, hermano, por qué? Because... If I don't have church every night, my people will backslide. I said, oh. And I acted goofy. I said, oh, okay. And I said, do you mean that none of your people have ever backslid? He goes, oh, por la montón, by the mountains they backslide, he said. And I looked at him very easy. I said, then church every night is not the answer. Discipleship is the answer, all right? And that's just, you know, and, and he's like, oh, let's think about this. All right, so anyway, mind you, I'm not against church every night. I know I said that. I'm just, you understand what I mean, though. So let's move on. Back to that class. Now, I'll go every night. If you have a revival, I'll go every night. But if that's just your 24, 365 days a year, I'm like, oh, Jesus, help us. So anyway, but I love church. Those of you watching from the camera, especially my superintendent and general superintendent, I love church, and I want to go every time. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so, so, just in case, you know, they're not watching, but if they are, I'm, and so, I just got to say, he told me, this is what we started doing, at the end of every service, we have the people who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they stand, listen, he goes, listen to me, this is new, we stand facing each other about three or four foot apart, and there's like eight or ten of us now, he said, and we all stand in a row, 
and then we have everybody in the church come through this line and we all pray for them. And of course, he's describing an old-fashioned prayer line, okay, a, a prayer line that we've had, you know, for, but it was new to him. And I'm like, oh, pastor, that's a wonderful idea. I'm not going to tell him, oh, this has been around forever. You're just getting up. No, no. I said, that's a wonderful idea. Get them through the line. Make them go through three or four times if they need to, all right? That's what school is about. That is what school is about. You send us. You support us. We're down there training and teaching people. And that is just the wonder of having the Word of God, and we're teaching that to people. The things that you've heard of me among many witnesses, the same. We try not to do anything else but the Word of God. The same commit thou to faithful people. So we teach in the Bible school, and we train people who shall be able to teach others also. But I could not do that if I was not living in the country of Belize, do you understand me? If I were not living there and running the Bible school, I could not have been able to have had that class. Do you understand that? And the way that I'm able to live there is tied up in this little bitty card right here. The way that I'm able to live there is that a couple of hundred churches of the Assemblies of God have said, Brother Terry, we'll give you 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, whatever they give. We will give you that much money a month in order for you to be able to live there. Now listen, I love BGMC. BGMC is wonderful, boys and girls. Missionary Challenge. Used to be Crusade, Change the Challenge. How many of you know what BGMC is? Come on, y'all need to have some BGMC pushing. All right, come on, Pastor. All right, but anyway, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, all right? I love Speed the Light. How many of you know what Speed the Light is? The youth group does that. All right, all right. They gave me the best car I've ever had in my life, a Toyota Prado in Belize, four-cylinder Toyota. It took us up and down that country forever. It just kept, it's still going today, all right? BGMC, Speed the Light, Light for the Lost. Now, I believe you're going to have a Light for the Lost rally in March, right? I might be your speaker. I'm not positive. If I am, you'll hear a story there that you're going to hear later here today. But come on anyway. We'll have a good time. They'll give you steak, all right? But, <laughs> but Light for the Lost helps give literature. And, and, and Bible schools use that by the tons, all right? And the women's ministries, they help us. They, they provided the, the pots and pans and the, the sheets I slept under and, and the towels I dried off with. And, and they just gave us so many wonderful things. So all of these auxiliary programs are wonderful but they cannot keep me in the country. I can use them if I'm there, but this right here is what keeps me in the country. And so this morning, we're going to talk about a faith promise. Because see, that is where you say, dear God, what can I give? Now let me tell you, uh, there are two ways. In, in uh, I have the text here, 2 Corinthians, I think it's 3, it's either 1 or 2 Corinthians 3. Paul is talking about the Macedonian church. He says of them, he says, most of you know about the Macedonian church, how in their great poverty. Now, stop there for a second. Corinth was in the crossroads of a trading area en route. They had money. Uh, they were also known for their deviant sexual uh, lifestyles and worships and the many gods that they had there and the different things that the other gods did and in, in, say, in lieu of worship and in, in, in worship to some gods like love gods and stuff like that, Diana and stuff like that. So that was their common everyday thing. But in that country, uh, the, the city of Corinth, they had a church that was growing strong and doing very well. And so Paul's teaching there and writing a letter to them. He says, you know about Macedonia. Now, Macedonia was different. 
It was, you, if you're going to Macedonia, you had to know you're going to Macedonia to get there. You couldn't accidentally go by there. You really had to be going. And it was impoverished. And they were having plagues and, and droughts and stuff. And their, their farms were not yielding and stuff. He says how the church in Macedonia give to help me. And he says, according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave to support me. Paul said, a missionary. According to their ability is budgeted giving. And I'm going to tell you, pastor and I will take budgeted giving, giving today. We will take budgeted giving because everybody needs to know what, what they have. Everybody needs to know how much they can give. And everybody needs to know, look, Lord, I can, I can do this. And it's not going to hurt me. It's not going to take away from my tithes because this is beyond your tithe. And so it's what can I give, Lord? And, and the Lord may, you, you and the Lord may come up with an idea. And I give budgetedly like that. But then beyond their ability is supernatural. Because how can someone give beyond their ability? They can only give to where they're at, but then if they're going to go beyond that. And I want to tell you just real quick, uh, the Lord, years ago when I was pastoring, we were doing faith promises. And I, just like your pastor, stood up here one day and I gave out the faith promise cards. I said, everybody take one home. I want you to pray over it. I want you to ask the Lord. What does he want you to do? And that Sunday morning, we all left, and they were going to do it the next week. And so that week, I was at the church by myself. Now, at that time, our church, they gave Babs and I, we were making two, you know, $350 a week, and, and we've, our tithes and taxes came out of that, all right? And so uh, we were not making a lot. Our, everything was just getting started, but I believed in missions, and I believe we should give. And at that time, I, I knew about what we could do, and I knew that I could give 50 or $60 would be a really good per month thing for the next year for missions for Babs and I. I knew that. I knew that. And so, uh, but I told them to pray, and so I'm out the church myself, and, I, and at that time, uh, there was a new CD out with the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Now, I don't have a lot of soul in me. I would love to have a lot of soul in me. I got one soul, but I, I'm talking about the black soul that you can just sort of rock with and sing and enjoy it, you know. And so I borrow some from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir and other wonderful choirs that are out there. I just like that. I like that rhythm. I like that soul. I like that syncopated beat, all right? So I had a new CD. I had it on. Nobody was at the church. I had it turned up loud. If the deacons would have come in, they'd be like, what's going on, Pastor? Why are you trying to break our speakers? But they didn't because it was during the day, and I knew they were all gone. So, all right, so <laughs> trying to get one at church during the day is like, you know, really. So anyway, I'm just joking. Just picking on deacons. On my deacons, not yours, all right? I had wonderful deacons. And so I'm praying. I was down at the altar. I was asking the Lord, what? Because I told the people to ask the Lord. And I had the thing down there by me, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to give? Lord, what do you want me to give? And then I said, now you know that I could give 50 or $60. So which one do you want? Because 50 or 60 which one is it, Lord? Because you know, my, you know what we make here. I ain't got to tell you that, you know. And so 50 or 60 what do you want, Lord? And I'm praying. The music's loud, and I'm feel i feel god did not speak to me but i feel in my heart the lord said give five thousand dollars now i was thinking a month i wasn't even going for a total amount and i'm like whoo that's not god that's not god <laughs> i just had that pizza at pizza hut all oh, that buffet that little bit of salads turning on me because you know that pizza woman that salads turning on me lord shouldn't have had the salad should have held back lord but no really god what do you want i i, I and i felt it again I just felt it. He didn't speak to me. If he'd have spoke to me, I'd have moved. But I, it's just, and maybe, maybe. And I thought, Father, eh. So I did what every good husband should do. I took that piece of paper home because there is a chance 
that I'm going to walk through the door at my house. It's slim, but it can happen. I hear about it all the time. It doesn't happen to us, but it happens to other people, right, in Africa. <laughs> and, so, and I knew that I could walk in the house and I could say, Babs, that's my wife's name, Babs, I've been praying about giving to missions, and I feel like it. She would stop and say, stop, stop. The Lord just told me to give $5,000. And I'd have been like, oh, wow, that is so God. We are so much going to do that because God has spoke to both of us, and we know it. I said, that could happen. It didn't. I walked in, and I said, I said, Babs, Babs, what are we going to give on this faith promise? I've been praying about it. I'm sort of nervous about that. She goes, oh. I was thinking 50 or $60. I said, me too. Me too. I said, but while I'm praying, I feel like, we were in the kitchen, I said, I feel like the Lord wants us to give $5,000. She was washing at the sink. She looked over at me and she goes, are you crazy? Which is, I've been tested. I'm not. So I can know the answer to that, all right? And so, that's a joke. All right, so, <laughs> some people still worry. And so, I said, me too. I said, but 5000 and she said, Terry, look here, look here, look here. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to show you something. She got me over there. She goes, and I have her permission to tell this, all right, just so you know. She says, you see that bottom line right there where it says signature? I said, yeah. She goes, if you put $5,000 on here, you'd be sure to write Terry Casterberry. Don't write Terry and Barbara Casterberry because this is between you and God. She said, I'm not going to worry about this. I said, oh, good for nothing, wife. Don't <laughs> challenge me. I, that's how I felt, but, you know. But really, in all honesty, I felt a little negative pushback from her. If you can, you know, through the words, I felt a negative. And I didn't think about it again. I thought, ah, 50 or 60. The next Sunday morning, we are taking up faith promise. And I told the people, and I'm standing up there, as you will probably in three weeks from now. And I'm like, or two weeks? Two weeks? Yeah, yeah, two weeks counting today. And I said, and I told the people, whatever the Lord says to you, do it. But on the inside... I had the Holy Ghost going, you liar, you liar. You are telling them to do something you won't do yourself. And I'm like, mm. and that's hard to pull an altar service while you have that feeling going on inside of you, all right? I never had it, never. I, I live a holy life, hope to the rest of my life. I have never lied to my people. I've never said, you know, don't commit adultery, knowing that it was happening in my life. That is not happening there, and I'm not even saying it ever will, but I'm just saying, I've always, what I've said, what I've preached, I've practiced, all right? But that day I was not. Because I was telling them, just whatever the Lord whispers in your heart. And I thought, you won't do it yourself. Why are you asking them to? And then I laid that thing down. I looked at it. And I thought, why am I going through this? A faith promise says, Lord, if you send the money through me, then I will give it. But if you don't give it, I can't. I said, Lord, this is you. This is not me. I'll sign this. And I'll put 5000 on there. You'll, it's up to you now. Ha ha. It ain't on me no more. <laughs> and I did. And I knew our church, they, they keep this private. Pastor Wright, this is not shared with anybody. It helps us to set our budget up for the month. The, normally, if the church is smart, they'll watch what comes in for the first couple of months. They'll say, looks like this is going to be it. Then they can make plans, all right? Uh, I didn't even need the church to fill out their address. I knew where they lived. I, didn't need, I just needed their name and what they were going to do, all right? Some people want to do it privately, and that's fine. You can do it privately. But... That morning, I wrote it on there, and let me tell you what happened. The first month, I had $50, and I paid it. And the second month, because I think we've done this like in February. So February, I paid it. In, in March, I paid $50. But in April, we got uh, $1,200 back from taxes. And the idea is, if money comes to you from an unknown source, which, you know, I know the, the taxes we knew was coming. And, but I asked Babs, I said, what are you going to do with that? She said, I thought we'd get a couch. And I said, well, 
can I put it on my faith promise? She goes, yeah, yeah, that would be good. That couch is fine. And so we put $1,200 on it. I'm like, woo, you ought to be happy. You ought to be happy because I'm almost done, you know. And, but, you know, that's me talking to God. And so then, $50. And then a lady in church come to me and she said, Brother Terry, Aunt Ruth died. She don't know anybody. Can you do her funeral? I said, sure, I'll do her funeral. Because preachers, can we baptize, we, we, uh, we uh, dedicate, and we send them off. You know, we get them started and send them off. And so I sent Sister Ruth off, practiced her name, done her obituary. The, the funeral home gave me $100 for doing her funeral. I thought, wow, that's pretty good. I put it on my faith promise. There you go. Boom, good. And church, people started dying left and right. Now, I know I only have two minutes, but let me tell you. Cozine Funeral Home, Horton and Wampler Funeral Home, Taylor Funeral Home, and there's one more, and I can't pull the name out, but four of them in Farmington. They, one of them asked me could they call me, and the other three just called me. They called me, Pastor, you, you want to do a funeral? I'm like, sure. In 11 months, I've reached 23 funerals. I'm just saying. And, and I could not have scheduled that. You understand? I wasn't killing nobody. But the Lord knew what I could do, and he sent it through. And in 11 months, I paid off the $5,000 faith promise. Let me tell you something. There's no way I could have done that. But God knew if, and I don't think I'd have had those funerals. I don't think he'd have done that if I hadn't listened to him for that, because he was going to prove himself to me. God can prove finances. You hear me? And so I challenge you. Take this home. You have, what, two weeks? Two weeks from today, you'll be taking this up. Dan Betzer says, when you sign your name on a faith promise card, if you're not shaking, if your hand's not shaking so bad you can barely read your name, it's not a faith promise. Now, I, I understand what he's saying, but ask the Lord, Lord, do you want me to give according to? Because we'll take budgeted giving. All right, we will. Or beyond my ability. And if it's beyond your ability, you'll... The Holy Spirit himself will show you how to do that. Now, if you would, just for a moment, I want to pray for you today. Perhaps you're here today. You say, Brother Terry, we've heard about missions. We know our church is moving into a time for this. Thank you for explaining this. Thank you for saying thank you. But you know, I'd hate to go all over this, the Caribbean and, and some parts of this world and ask people about their life and teach them about Jesus. But someone be here today and I missed the opportunity to ask you about the Lord. And so I want to know is your heart right? Because really, we're talking about reaching the world, but you're here right now. And you said, Brother Terry, I need to be reached this morning. Perhaps you used to know the Lord, and like that other pastor's church, you have backslid. And, yet, and now you're just coming because you know this is where you need to be, and it's just the right thing, but you know you're not acting right. I want to pray with you today. Pastor wants to pray with you today. People who love you want to pray with you today. This is a loving church. You can feel that. That's easy. So would you bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment. Are you here today and you say, Brother Terry, I want to know Jesus as my Savior. If that's you or I want to make my heart right with the Lord, if you'll come to the front, we will pray with you and ask the Lord to help you. And I promise you he will. I promise you he will. And so those who are going to be praying for people, come up here and, and then those you want to make things right with the Lord, this is your time. Amen, amen.